Good morning. Good morning. This is your favorite governor, uh, Andrew Cuomo. I'm I'm visiting the uh, the governor's office. Uh, let me just uh, w walk around and uh, talk to some of uh, the, the very hardworking uh, employees. Um, oh, hello, hello, Miss um, uh, uh, Brittany. Uh, how are you? How are you doing uh, today? Uh, hi, 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 Governor. I'm I'm well. How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, you know, it, it, it's been a busy season. Uh, lots of things. I know we're, we're a lot of us were working from home, but you know, we we got the office back up, and uh, I I'm just bringing around a couple tokens of my appreciation. So so he, he, here, take this gift. Oh, um, thank you. Thank yeah, thank you very much. Would you would you open it for me? I, I like I like uh, to I like to watch the people open. Their, oh, okay. I mean, I was gonna put it under the tree, but yeah, yeah, sure, I can open it. Let's see here. Um, huh? Oh, oh, it's a mug. I love mugs. Let's see here. Hmm. Uh, does, does this what does it say in the mug there? Does this, what, what does, does it this say? say Cuomosexual? I, I don't I, I I wow Brittany I I didn't know I didn't know you 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 felt that way you huh. you got huh. me this what do you you got me this mug this is but, deeply but that, offensive to that's, that's everybody mug, and right? also people who are homosexual like it's 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 a pun Brittany so what are you trying to do here how are you trying to embarrass me in front of the cameras. No, you, no, you, you no, try, Governor, not at all. I, I, you know, I, I would have thought you would, would be appreciative of this, uh, this, this gift. Um, yes, you very. Know, it, 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 you know, with the kids these days, what can I say? They can't take a joke. Oh, oh, hey, is that is that my brother? Is that my brother? Hey, 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 big brother. Hey, 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 it's me. It's Chris Cuomo here at CNN. Uh, uh, I, 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 I'm carrying all your books. You said you said to buy. 500 copies of, of, of your book and, uh, and and bring them with you bring them with me here uh, uh, to, as you said you're giving away gifts so I, I, I got I got all these books with me uh, uh, do you, what, which I do with them maybe Brittany would like a book more than a mug you know maybe she's not much of a coffee drinker you know I would I would uh, I, I would love a book yeah yeah I would I would love a book that would be great thank you thank you so much governor thank you thank you so much okay. uh, 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 bro do you, do you want to do the this, this, the signature thing you know, where, where you, you you put your put your your, your spaghetti and meatballs in a in a like in a, in a ink well and you push press it on the title page you know the thing that you like doing oh yeah yeah my, my, my famous signature uh, no you know we don't have the, the meatballs or the spaghetti here so I'll, I'll just sign it I'll just sign with this pen here. Oh, great. That's my name. Thank you. Governor Andrew Cuomo, two-time COVID champion of the world, to Brittany. Hugs and kisses. Did is yours Is this is the A in Andrew in your Is this a dick and balls? Is is your signature a dick and balls? I, I don't know. This has been my signature my whole life. I guess, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. I, you know, you're seeing things you, you might want to see. Wink, wink. When, you know? when we were little, Andrew would, would, would pin me down and, 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 and call me Rochester. <laughs> <laughs>
Margaret, Margaret, do you still have that job listing for something in the mayor's office? Do you still have that? Yeah, if you could, if you could forward that to me, that would be great. Thank you. What? What? You got, you're gonna go down and hang out with uh, Bill the Bungalow? What? You know that guy's a piece of shit, right? You know, just total piece of shit. Hey, hey, bro, bro, you know I got the I got the appointment for for a, a, a nipple waxing, a couple's nipple waxing. You, we should go. Yeah, of course. You know, you got to get them nice and shiny. That's what that, the that ladies way the, like. The piercing. The, yeah, that's what the ladies like in the in the piercing. It doesn't it doesn't trap the hair. It's very important. I love you, bro. I, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we've been doing this show for how long now? How long? Coming up on two years. Soon enough, it'll be two years. And, uh, you know, we've always tried to cultivate a culture in this work environment of, like, mutual respect and admiration and trust. And I just want to say, Chris, I'm calling you out publicly in front of all of the Ironweeds listeners. I want everybody to targeted harass Chris for treating me that way in the skit. (laughs) <laughs> um, for making me say "quomosexual" out loud with my mouth again. <laughs> I didn't care for that. And yeah, Chris, what do you have to say for yourself? Um, you know, I I did a no growth. Um, you know, I've <laughs> I I I promised to do better. Um, and I apologize for uh, you know, you holding me accountable. Um, you know. <laughs> I, I think I think it's it's very important um, that we you know maintain real open lines of communication and uh, nobody's perfect, especially not me. Uh, and you know I will strive to be my best self in the future. And uh, I you know humbly ask for your um, uh, the acceptance of this apology and for forgiveness. Not accepted. Thank you for playing. <laughs> Goodbye. You know, it's really funny because this article just came out in the Times Union about, um, you know, all of these new Cuomo now has two allegations against him for sexual harassment, um, including one that I think borders on sexual assault, which is kissing someone on the lips non-consensually. I mean, it's certainly no like assault. I I mean, it's unwanted physical contact with someone is assault like you know it's assault when i'm trying to think of a tasteful joke uh that i could say about something that i did and how it wasn't sexual assault but it's just but i can't think of anything (laughs) so it's just sexual assault like i I, you just you know that because the all the jokes feel disgusting yeah and and what's really great (laughs) is that um in all these years cuomo i feel like cuomo's like been ready to to have like a fall because every single photo of him is has his hands like out like what did i do and so, <laughs> so like, that is the the head image for this yeah. <laughs> this article <laughs> what i do it's just it's the, it's my culture it's the way i live and so it's so, like we're just we're ready for for his fall and like it's like all the may culpa uh photos are just like already ready we don't even need to take new ones But, you know, along the lines of what you were saying before, Chris, about how, like, you know, no one's perfect, especially not me. Like, they've, so the Times Union had, this is so weird. 
So they were soliciting responses from other, particularly women who had worked in the executive office under Andrew Cuomo. And they started getting all of these unsolicited uh, responses to the story that they were working on. (laughs) All of these people pouring in with letters saying like, you know, I never saw anything like that. And I just want to say that it is a it is a it is a, a stressful job and it's a tough work environment. But the, but the, but New Yorkers <laughs> expect that of us. It's because they expect such a high level of service that, you know, we owe them that we owe them. Look, you and... try to be governor. I mean, I imagine it's hard to be governor. <laughs> like, here's. Here's one who was at one point the governor's secretary. Uh, he demands excellence and he requires that those around him perform. It is an operation and has always been an operation that wants to serve the people and do it appropriately and to the best of our abilities. Um, he has never shied from that and he has never shied from giving those around him and those who are working for him in his administration accurate, blunt feedback. Look, whenever I shave, it doesn't whenever mean- I shave the calluses on his foot, he tells me exactly how well I'm doing. <laughs> It mean, it doesn't mean he's always right, but he has his opinion and he shares it with you. And that is not for everyone. And it can be bruising to people. Look, you fucking snowflakes. Yeah, you fucking <laughs> pussy. Stop being so sad. Like, oh, did Cuomo make you sad? It's, oh, did it's Cuomo just... sexually harass you? Did, did he buy you a Cuomo sexual mug and then wink it at you suggestively like multiple times? <laughs> Did, did, he, did he try and kiss you on the mouth when you didn't want it you know, for a photo op? That was feedback, okay? <laughs> but even more than that, like, more than the sort of inappropriate office contact, I mean, people say that he and those around him are constantly screaming and, like, and like berating people very aggressively. Um, one uh, former synergy. worker... <laughs> One former worker said that during one of these berating sessions, a television fell off the wall because it got so heated. But it's not even just that. It's like these open threats to people who are behaving in a way that um, that the administration doesn't want them to. So, like, there was this one. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. So it was so heated. A television just like. Fell off a wall. Exploded. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like the the the, the 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 Italian energy was so powerful that this like inanimate object is like I'm out and just like fell off the wall. <laughs> like, what like, I what and we're mean? gonna post the, <laughs> we're gonna post a link to this article in the show notes. But the sense that I got from that quote was somebody wanted to indicate that it got physical without saying uh-huh. outright that it got physical. I love the idea so of they Andrew were sort Cuomo of... ripping a television out of the wall and like throwing <laughs> it on the floor. And he's like, businesses have to close at 10 p.m. Uh, and they're like, but but the virus doesn't have a curfew. And he's like, I don't care. I want to be seen doing something like this. And then he throws the television, but he's not very strong. So it like it just kind of like, like falls on his foot. And then he's angry that his foot hurts. <laughs> Yeah, the the direct quote from the person was that it would get so the heat the exchange would become so heated that the walls would shake and at one point a television fell off the wall. So the way that I the because way that Cuomo's I read a god. that he's an Italian god and just like when he yells the walls shake. Like what the f- Yeah, it, it, he he went super saiyan in the office. He was just like Ugh! 
out and then things started like floating around him, you know, and his hair just went like bright yellow and, you know, fucking well, I know it's funny, whipping up but his suit jacket. It was like energy Like ball. the way that I read it was somebody wanted to intimate that things were physically abusive and scary and didn't feel comfortable saying that outright. And so they veiled it. I mean, I don't know. I'm That's pure speculation on my part. But when I read that, that was sort of it reminded me the way that someone who's been abused will describe really heinous things in very soft terms. So as to like blunt the. um The like impact of it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? Like, yeah. But so what I was what I was getting at is that it's not just these like heated interactions, but it's actual like threats to people. So some people might know a little bit about back in the early 20 teens. um, There was this huge crisis in Rensselaer County, where we live in Hoosick Falls, where the water was contaminated um, with these PFOAs. PFOAs. What are what are PFOAs? Yeah. so they're byproduct chemicals that are uh, carcinogenic that in the formation of PTFE or uh, polytetrafluoride, I think. Um, but that's uh, Teflon. So when you make Teflon, Teflon itself is like this incredible material. It's like extremely reflective to UV light. It's durable. It's chemically inert. It's extremely low friction. It can handle insane temperature ranges, sort of like a miracle material. But the process of making it is like environmentally uh, damaging if the material uh, gets out of like protected, you know, um, uh, disposal methods. Would, would, and so would that apparently, include burning it? Yeah. <laughs> Just like yeah, setting yeah, it yeah. on fire <laughs> in a furnace. Yeah. yeah, I think it's BFOAs. I may be getting two chemicals uh, confused, but because there's been a lot of chemical like, um, uh, you know, contamination issues in the area, but I believe that's the stuff that's been coming out. But yeah, don't, the stuff don't, that don't do violence falls, to, uh, to the chemical identities. Like, you know, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah, the, the, the it got it's into the ground water. water. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it, and it, it was it really was bad. Problem. Yeah. And the federal government told New York several times that they were, uh, exceeding levels that were safe. And so in 2012, um, Howard Glasser or Glaser, I'm not sure, um, had found out that, hang on, let me reread this because, um, had found out that an EPA analysis had gone out saying like basically New York fucked up. Uh, oh, this was related to hydrofracking, I think is what this was. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this was a different chemical uh, controversy. Yeah, yeah. So this was the hydrofracking. Because hydrofracking has been fucking up the water, not just in New York and like all across the, you know, anywhere that shale fracking is done um, or anywhere that natural gas fracking is done. But so anyway, basically this regional administrator for the EPA had released this um, statement about the EPA's analysis of Hoosick Falls drinking water. And so Howard B. Glasser, who was in the governor's office, uh, gave gave her a call and said what uh, he thought. He um, asked her to withdraw the public document that had been submitted and uh, threatened to, quote, destroy you. That was what he basically said. And that's how Cuomo's office's intimidation tactics typically work is that like basically you're threatened with the absolute destruction of your political career in New York state. And what's interesting is that a lot of the people who the Times talked to about these harassment allegations of the people who did who no longer worked in New York state politics, 
universally said that the experience of working in that office was nightmarish. And all of the positive responses that they got were from people who still work in New York politics, specifically the unsolicited ones. So it basically appears that a bunch of Mm. state employees voluntarily went to the Times Union to say how great it was, probably in exchange for some kind of favor from the government. Or at gunpoint. Or he was threatening to throw a TV at them. <laughs> I, I really li- yeah that's me in front of my like board of like uh, red Amazon string connecting the, the dots best bootlicker. <laughs> I, lo- I love this part about uh the administration's preference for blackberries like the phone yeah this is this is fucking fucked up yeah that that the um so uh, par- not unlike hillary clinton's preference for blackberries yeah yeah for real yeah like it, it's a uh, um so blackberry the the um for our our gen z listeners was like a, a phone with a physical keyboard and it uh uh um it was mo- mainly for people who did too much coke and um a, a, and uh it, it's a um it, it's in blackberry is owned by a, a canadian company and uh and so it, it, the messages that it sends um go through cell towers instead of computer servers because it's it's a it's a much older technology and uh and it they were basically the first smartphones yeah, like, yeah. and it makes it really you mash together like a phone and a uh what were those th- the the date keepers what oh were yeah they called? palm pilot thing uh, palm pilot yeah. Yeah. yeah palm pilot yeah. yeah it had a keyboard it was pretty dope yeah it make a nice, uh, really satisfying clicky sound i never had one but you know you just like yeah but uh um because but the, basically the the technology makes it really hard to subpoena and it helps that it's a Canadian company which resists subpoenas fairly often from US authorities. Ah. So uh, apparently um uh, uh Glazer uh had allegedly dropped his government issued BlackBerry in a large glass of water before departing the administration in 
This is dumb. How do you know they'd be dead, though? Because it seems to me <laughs> that if somebody's just making blood oaths left and right, I don't trust them very much at all. Yeah. How, well, you, you know, this it, is it, your 13th blood oath. Come on, dude. Like, you can't have meant all of those. What, what if you made yes. a blood oath to backstab <laughs> this you? You know, like. Ooh, yeah. You don't know yeah, the. So they're, the, the, they're the either trustworthy or bl- successful at being diabolical. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, that's that's a risk you run in taking a blood oath. See, you, you know? What we got to do is put the blood oaths on the blockchain. And then that <laughs> way, there would be this ledger. It's untraceable, oh, traceable blood oaths. Yeah. So uh, blood a, oath. a quick update on, blood oath on our... Uh, <laughs> On our Musk tracker, <laughs> Elon Musk, no longer the richest person on the planet because his dumbass company invested $1.5 billion in Bitcoin at the historic <laughs> peak of its value. Um, Holy. So now who's the richest person? Me. Back to Bezos. It's, it's going to oh. flip back and forth between Musk Bezos for a while, you know, until and one Bill of them Gates, privatizes right? the, the uh, asteroid belt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, Bill Gates, like, he he retired, right, to become a philanthropist and then somehow, like, quadrupled his, his fortune over the last four years yeah. while giving away money professionally. Well, he has um, to. That's how he can continue to give away money, by just, <laughs> ev- like, becoming exponentially richer through well, it's like, passive income. It, yeah, you know, the economy is really complicated, guys. Like, not all, all of us are really built to quite understand it. And, uh, Somehow the secret is you just keep giving away money and somehow you accumulate more of the species wealth. It's a weird thing, you know, but believe me, it's just, it's, it, you gotta, you gotta be really smart to understand it. <laughs> the, for for ser- seriously though, like it's not, um, you actually don't need to be right. Like the only thing, the only thing that's happening is, uh, uh, people like Bill Gates have such a large principle, like they own so much shit that, their all of their philanthropy is just like basically the interest that they accrue and earn on the principle. So they're never giving away like the core amount of wealth that creates the further wealth that they live off of and give away. Like that's yeah, they're giving away a fraction of the interest that they're yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah, which I, I think the, really the, like the developing un- world made made. <laughs> Which, like, underscores just how much money these motherfuckers have, right? That, like, they have so much money that it is, like, physically, like, if they actually gave it away, they would, like, change the entire country, right? They could, if they wanted to. If they gave away all of their money, like, the world would change. And there would be, like, 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 entire currencies would, would change in value, because they own so much shit it's it, yeah so that i just want yeah. to underscore that so, it drives me fucking yeah, the, nuts. yeah like the the, the 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 simple math is that uh bill gates gave a dollar to africa africa gave three dollars back to bill gates and he was like you're welcome yeah <laughs> here's 50 more um, cents but but yeah you're by, you're exactly Windows right and, and here here now imagine imagine this right you have nations who, you know, tax the rich and they enter into a trade agreement called an International Billionaire Elimination Treaty. And they fully tax all of the billionaires. Now you don't even have to wait for them to give it away. Yeah. You can just change the whole world overnight. Go directly to the source. 
Yeah. Think about so, it. So, you know. NATO, so let's get on that, everybody. Get at us. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bet it would work. So, yeah, uh, Andrew Cuomo is a horrible, corrupt, just awful politician. I can't believe he's been a media darling for the last year. It's really disgusting. Um, but don't worry, guys, because big because boss baby Steve McLaughlin is on the case tweeting as ever <laughs> that Governor Cuomo is incompetent. He is unfit for office and he must resign immediately. You know, yeah. wow, uh, that's so Steve McLaughlin, that's the so person who's not powerful. allowed to have interns is the man to take down Cuomo for sexual harassment allegations. Right. Because he 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 harassed women so much that the Republican Party won't give him interns. <laughs> oh God! He's like, yo, it takes one to know one, and believe me, I know one when I see one. You know what I'm saying? To which I and have it's... to say, that's a little bit like the cum bucket calling the honey pot sticky. But you know, <laughs> oh God! <laughs> First with the Cuomo brothers waxing the, and now this, I don't. Hey, no, oh, I, I came yeah. up with the boys are vile. All right, that was vile. me. I no, don't worry. I'm blaming both of you for this. No, don't, don't no, worry. No one else gets credit for that. And you know what's really funny about the McLaughlin thing is that, like, it would be like discrimination for them to say you can't have women interns. You can only have m- man interns. So that means he can't have any. In- it's just it's funny and it rules. That's all. It's not funny that he like sexually <laughs> harassed all those women, but it is really funny that like he's not allowed to have. Uh, AIDS, basically. Uh, <sighs> yeah, it, it, the yeah, it's just like two red, ruddy-faced like dipshits, just like yeah, just yelling at each other about like how they they don't fuck good. It's it, it's so gross. <laughs> it's so fucking gross. And these people like control our lives, like yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, like Andrew Cuomo does the crimes with his BlackBerry. Gets Joey coconuts to to get more vaccine to to Albany or whatever, and then he just like purposefully keeps it away from Boss Baby Sex Pest Steve McLaughlin, uh, and then Steve McLaughlin like pounds his fists and and like gets all angry and posts about it on Twitter and and and, and makes weird pictures and posts them on Instagram about like how the census gave him a. Uh, a, a a participation trophy, like he he gave him, he had a picture on Instagram <laughs> of like the thing that every single fucking county gets that says like thank you for participating in the census, and they fucking framed it and took a picture like thumbs up, we did it, you guys, we got the lowest reporting rate like in the fucking state, we did it, and and and, and he just like does that all the time, and these two pe- corrupt motherfuckers, these disgusting like like sexual harassment machines with waxed nipples like are just like they they run allegedly they run shit like that and it's incredible like listeners please go back to our boss baby episode where we listened to that that um uh the the recording of steve mclaughlin like pretending to be andrew cuomo just want to play some political fucking hardball i'll show you political fucking hardball well, he's, not, well, he's like he's like play acting, like he wants to be the boss, <laughs> right? Remember that? Yeah, it was a smoke filled room with like five. Yeah, exactly. It was uh, so a little bit of context. This was when it was the mayoral race in Troy, and the Republican candidate 
was being mu- uh, muscled out of the race by Steve McLaughlin uh, for basically just being like a loser that they put in to lose on purpose. And instead, they were pivoting to supporting um, Rodney uh, Wiltshire. Face, the, Rodney uh, Wiltshire yeah. is yeah, now Rodney running Wiltshire. for county ledge. Yep. Republican. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And so Rodney was one of three um, uh, mayoral candidates that had completely identical platforms. It was a really bizarre mayoral race in Troy. uh, What was it, last year? And it was like nothing was going to change regardless of who won in terms of any actual policy. But there was like this feverish race between like these three dipshits. And, and uh, And the winner of that race is Patrick Madden, who is a Democrat but has been the principal person uh, in charge of an ongoing cover-up of a murder of a uh, citizen by a cop. And so it's just like lo- local politics, right? Just get involved at the local level, make everything better. You know, all politics is local. Like stop paying attention to the national, you know, races, like get uh, involved in your local shit. It's dog shit all the way down. Just stacking dog shit on top of dog shit on top of dog shit. Also, Pat Madden was a Republican like two years before he ran for he's a registered Republican like two years before he switched parties and then ran as for mayor. So it's like, there's no, there's no difference. Also working families party endorsed Rodney Wiltshire, who is now running for Republican seat. So thanks a lot for that. (laughs) Thanks WFP. We love you. We appreciate you. uh, Some late breaking news on Cuomo. Late breaking news, you say, David? Uh, This is from uh, the Times Union City Desk. Um, uh, Twitter just um, auto-refreshed, and I lost the fucking tweet. Thanks, Twitter. I fucking love that. I love it when you do that. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Um, Okay, so... So, I, I fucking hate that. I like nothing fills me with rage. It's like when you get your headphones ripped out of your head because yeah. they got caught on something and you have that like flash of rage. Yeah. That's how I feel <laughs> when Twitter automatically refreshes. Yeah. All right. So, uh, uh, this is from Times Union City Desk. Um, New York Governor Cuomo's office just put out that it's willing to have the state attorney general involved in investigating harassment claims, but only if the Chief Justice of the Court of Appeals partners on selecting a prosecutor and Cuomo appointed the chief judge in 2015. And this is how (laughs) New York politics works. I mean, look, this is how politics everywhere works. I do think that New York is uniquely bad about it. But yeah, it's just like, you know, a a bunch of fucking handshakes everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, a bunch of fucking Joe Bagatelli's like trading, exchanging favors with one another and donating to each other's fucking campaigns or getting each other, you know, jobs in various parts of government. It's fucked up, man. You know, get my boy Joey Coconuts help you out here. Like there was this legislation that was passed under the previous governor and it was like Elliot Spitzer legislation, I think, from the, when back when uh, he was the AG that like limited how the governor could take campaign contributions from people that he appointed. And Cuomo got around it by like having their kids donate to his campaign. That's so cool. Like he got millions of dollars in campaign donations from the children of the people he was appointing to various government roles. It's fucked. It's so fucked. Everything is fucked. Wow. 
Wow, that's the way that's the way uh, to the the sausage gets made, right? The class yeah. sausage of politics. Yeah, we like to think that we got rid of like political machines with you know the like New Deal era and all these voting reforms and shit, but but we absolutely we do like did not. They that. just got they just got better at it. Yep. Now instead of your boss handing you a ballot, uh, you will never hear about all of the ways that your government is corrupt. <laughs> At least then you knew that your boss was handing you a fucking ballot and telling you how to vote. Yeah, or or your your boss is like, oh man, I, you know, he comes in with like a a MAGA hat and is like, you know, if if this minimum wage law passes, I don't know if we're going to be able to keep everybody. You know, like how is that any any like tangibly different? Furious. Like, how how is that tangibly any different from handing someone a ballot, you know? Yeah. I don't know if we've even talked about the minimum wage and the parliamentarian and all this bullshit, but I'm still fucking just so worked up about it. So worked up. Oh, yeah. Let's let's put a pin in that because I am ignorant as hell. I saw Senk or whoever the fuck from um, uh, the Young Turks was trying to basically do a force the vote, but on Bernie for trying to get him to, like, not pull the minimum wage increase out of the stimulus bill i don't know how that shaked out but like if you know about that Brittany, we should talk about it well yeah i don't know anything about the jank younger i don't pay attention to anything the young turks do because i find it all very tedious and boring but um basically uh the they the senate was like i don't know can we do this because they were they were putting in the minimum wage increase with the in a reconciliation bill and i am like not a legislative i don't know anything about how actual like bills work um because i'm just a dumb person who pretends to be smart about a couple of things but basically they were like we don't know if we can do this legally constitutionally so they pass it on to whatever is called a senate parliamentarianism which to me parliamentarian parliamentarian yeah parliamentarian excuse me that's an adjective not a person to me, it just sounds like fucking, you know, bullshit European influence. You know what? They can keep their form of government. We got ours. <laughs> we got a Congress, baby. There's no parliament over here. Um, yeah, we fly by the seat of our pants here. On the side but so of the it's, a, it's apparently like this kind of obscure thing, the parliamentarian. And uh, completely you know, unelected, the dem- just like seems, yeah. And the thing is that um, it's because the uh, if, if they want to do the thing where they can avoid um the the filibuster in the senate they have to do this like fast process that um doesn't impact the budget and so the and the parliamentarian basically said that it would impact the budget uh because uh reasons and and so that therefore they have to take 15 dollar minimum wage out of the bill in order to do the fast track process that they want to do but so what Bernie wants to do is put in a require a, a um an amendment that will tax employers who don't pay their employees $15 an hour. Um which I think is a very good idea and I think that's a very uh like kind of savvy way to go about dealing with this problem, but I don't know what Jenk Younger wants to do. I I have no idea. I haven't followed that at all. I wish them the best, though, in all their endeavors. <laughs> I wish I, I hope that they're able to force uh, all these people to do exactly what they want. God, God and, bless and, you. Godspeed. People, <laughs> people have been pointing out the, the whole, um, you know, fight for 15, which like what began like 2011 or some shit. Yeah, back when that, like, $15 time, an hour might have actually like been a decent wage. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and the fact that it's going to happen in what, like 2025? Yeah, it's like it's just shit? not enough. It's finally. Yeah. Well, that's if Ugh. this legislation passed, but it's not gonna. So it's never going to happen. Like, it's just never. We're just going to in five years, we're just going to be living in like feudal Europe. We're just it's it, that's, you know, that's the only way up from here. Oh, my God. <sighs> so speaking of feudalism, you know, yeah. um, the three six mafia famously said that it's hard out here for a pimp, and <laughs> it's also hard out here for a landlord. Not not too dissimilar. Um, and uh, it looks like here's this article. There's there's two uh, you know stories we have to touch on in terms of local uh, tenant landlord uh, dispute issues. The first is um, from Times Union. On the first day of lifted eviction stay. Albany schedules over 200 hearings, which is a lot of hearings. That's that's quite a few hearings. It is a lot of hearings. And uh, I don't even know yeah, you can hear that like, all that at once. You know, <laughs> sounds like it would be all garbled. <laughs> it's a cacophony. Know, all garbled and loud. So, uh, is this been? The, this got to be the case, like nationwide, right? With the COVID shutdowns and everything. No, it's state Whole industries. It, it, but I'm saying, like, there's got to be something similar going on. Oh, world, right? I, I, well, I mean, like, some states just, like, didn't bother to help anyone at all, so. Oh, really? Yeah, in a lot been... of states, there was never a, an eviction moratorium at all. Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, for listeners tuning in from other states, we had this thing called an eviction moratorium, which is still going on, which means that, like, technically, you couldn't be evicted from your apartment due to not being able to pay the rent due to economic hardship. Because, like, we shut the whole economy down, like, sporadically opening it back up, but only for specific industries and only specific ways. Uh, millions and millions of New Yorkers can't make rent. It just simply isn't there in their bank account at all. And people uh, who, you know, uh, rent rooms to them have been legally kept from being able to evict them. That has not stopped them, though, from trying to. Uh, but the whole process of like going from having a state eviction moratorium to suddenly not having a state eviction moratorium has sort of spelled like, you know, just a total fucking clusterfuck yeah. of you know uh, th this process. And so, um, you know, I, I attended a uh, back when they were threatening to end the uh, eviction moratorium. There was a. Um, uh, protests that I went to. Uh, and, you know, that was back in November 2nd. And so now, you know, it's finally ending, I guess. Um, and who knows what's going to happen? Like, it's like, I, I have no idea how this is going to work out. Like, imagine if you're a landlord, right? And you haven't ha been able to get rent for the last year, pretty much. Um, you're going to try and evict somebody, but there's going to be like millions of other people evicting those people, like similar people in similar cases nationwide and they're going to try and rent to a population of suddenly unhoused people most of which are going to be in the same economic position that caused them to get evicted in the first place it's like what the fuck is going to happen well i mean you could make the argument that at least they won't have uh like tenants staying they won't be paying for the act what it costs to have a tenant in a building like the water bill and you know, a lot of a lot of landlords cover heat um, in some places that's even required in some types of buildings that's even required. So, um, you know, you can make the argument that landlords will save money by not having tenants in a building, even if they can't immediately re-rent them to people. But ultimately, it's just that, like the bottom line of it is it's incredibly inhumane. 
to like kick all of these people out on the streets in March. It is still if you don't live in the area, just so you know, it's still fucking freezing outside. Um, There's still ice and snow on the ground. Brutal. And all of this, you know, begins like the the stay ended on Friday. So all of this begins next week. People are going to start having police come to their homes and drag them out and put them in already overflowing shelters um, if they're even able to get a spot in a shelter. And, you know, I saw like this, you see all of this apologism for landlords and like, well, they have to, you know, pay the mortgage and everything. And I saw this really good TikTok, believe it or not. Uh, TikTok is becoming a site of excellent practice, by the way. Most po- po- political TikTok videos are like <laughs> kind of cringe. Um, but this one was pretty good, which is like, you know, being a landlord is they call it an investment property for a reason. And it is an investment. And guess what happens with investments? Sometimes you don't get a good return on your investment. Sometimes your investment goes down the fucking tubes. And that is the risk that you take on when you invest in something. And that's true whether you're a landlord or yeah. a homeowner, if you own your own home that you live in. If some, if the housing market collapses tomorrow and mine and David's or your and M's or whoever else's home suddenly becomes, you know, worth half of what it was when you bought it. What it, it's not like you can just say, but, but yep. I, that's my, I earned that money. I deserve that money. No, it's your investment. And guess what? Your investment fucking sucks. If you bought a bunch of stock in Tesla and now your Tesla stock is worthless, well, I'm very sorry for your bad investment, but that's and so like, it's absurd to think that being a landlord is any different than, you know, any other kind of like risky speculation that people do in a free market. Yeah, no, I completely and, agree and with you. Yeah. And to all landlords that, you know, uh, went whole hog on uh, investing in uh, getting passive income from working people who can't afford to own their own housing, eat shit. Like, you know, I do not feel bad for you at all. Like, yeah, (laughs) sorry. Especially. I mean, I like I don't want to do the like hashtag not all landlords. I don't. But I but I also like don't think that. Every single landlord is inherently like a shitty, exploitative person. We have to have rent. We have to have places people can rent. We have to have places that people live in. But when you take on that responsibility of renting your property to other people, you have to be prepared for the risks that that assumes. And you have to recognize that what you are offering to someone is a necessary, is a, is a, is a necessity. It's not a thing that you can just take away at the whims of, you know, whatever suits you. Like... I don't know. That probably sounds like shit. No, fuck landlords. I'm not trying well, to say that, like, you know, well, they're good well, ultimately, people or housing, ha- Yeah, housing is necessary. And for people who can't afford to buy their own house, there has to be something where they can live. Like, I agree with that. The idea, I guess, that, that I have so much of a problem with is that the uh, increase, we were talking about the consumer price index, right? And how, like, various things get changed, you know, over time. Rent is one of those things, especially in urban environments that has gone up like 4,000% over like the last, you know, yeah. period of time, like compared to other things. And that's pure exploitation. And yeah. the idea that it's a savvy, smart thing to, if you have extra money because you're in a privileged class, you know, you have a college degree, you have a cushy office job or whatever the fuck, you stand somewhere in the, the value pyramid where you get a disproportionately higher uh wage or you know salary or whatever compared to a worker like somebody who you know just directly works in a factory or you know has nothing but their labor to sell and that the right and smart and just and savvy and you know uh encouraged thing is for you to snap up all of the available housing 
so that you as a class of landlords have like collectively the ability to just set the price for housing a human need and it like it's fucked up like the the idea that that housing would otherwise just lay fallow is sort of bullshit like you know there's so many other ways we could organize uh fulfilling people's need for housing other than personal profit like you know en masse like the idea of all these people like you know who can't afford to uh you know uh own their own house, functionally buying houses for people who can afford to own their own house is a fucked up thing that happens all the time. And I think that we should stop normalizing it. Like, I think that the landlords stop normalizing landlords. Yeah, we should we should refer (laughs) to them as ladies and lords. It, you know, like, so, you know, I'd be like, hey, uh, my, my homie, Lord Andrew, you know, he, he he's coming over later. We're going to play some uh, music, you know, shout out to Lord Andrew, uh, supporter of the pod, you know, a good, good friend of mine. But the idea that, like, it should be without stigma to acquire, like, a, real estate at the expense of, at a working person's expense who is paying for your equity. It's fucked up. Yeah. It's, yeah, it is it's fucked, fucked up. up. Yeah, the, and I mean, like, yeah, it, it, it's. I mean, like there are entire cities, like uh, like Vienna, where you can um have like sixty, seventy, eighty percent like controlled uh social housing of some kind. You know, like th- this is possible. It's not like some like far off utopia. Like it does, it does happen, and it's and it's really just like a matter of like, well, like where do you want value to go? Like people who did get. a a sizable chunk of the pie like do you want them to invest that in the ever-increasing housing market where like if everything is good things just keep getting more and more expensive like that like that's a sign of economic health in this country is if the rents keep getting more and more expensive if land keeps getting more expensive right or do you want that money to be reinvested in like productive activity and like making things and doing stuff and like everyone getting paid a livable wage. Like it's, there's this like structural problem where even the, whoever does get like a decent amount of money, like it it only makes sense that the, where they would put it is in real estate and, and get it and making that sort of investment because like, that's, that's, the economy that we made and it's 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 absolutely bullshit and it, and yeah, that's it, where the profit grows the fastest yeah and that's how you get like people doing you know like uh, um how how you get landlords doing a direct action on their on their tenants like this oh my yeah, god like this, this yeah. horrifying all right trigger, I mean, I guess trigger the, warning content yeah warning. i mean i don't even know what kind of content warning to give kidnap trigger warning kidnapping yeah, i guess I, um, yeah yeah yeah, it, yes. This is again from the Times. <laughs> like, this is such a fucked up article. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Sorry. It's, a, it's again from the Times Union. Um, Albany landlord tied up and quote unquote evicted sleeping tenants and dumped them in a cemetery. Like, like straight up, they were sleeping. He kidnapped them, tying them up with zip ties and tape, placed pillowcases over their heads and drove them at gunpoint to a rural cemetery in Columbia County where he dumped them in the snow before dawn last Sunday and uh and just like left them there uh it, it's it's absolutely unconscionable what this 
this person did. We should we should name them. It's psychopathic. Yeah, forty eight year old like, landlord Sean Douglas it, it did this. And also, yeah. the eviction moratorium was ra- would be raised. This happened what February twenty second, I think. Um, we were like a week away from the eviction moratorium ending. You could have just waited and then called the cops. They'd have been happy to kidnap these people out of the property that you own. <laughs> Like, you that's what's it. so you crazy <laughs> about me. This would, I, I'm not going to say, like, I would understand it. Obviously, I would never understand it. But this story <laughs> would make more sense to me if it had happened, like, immediately after the extension of the eviction moratorium. You know, like, at least then I could, like, yeah. fathom the mo- the mindset that you would have to be in to kidnap your tenants. But this happened immediately before it was going to become legal to kick people out of their homes again. So why... Why do this? Yeah, wh- you can only, why, why you do can only the- push a man so far, okay? You can only push a fucking <laughs> landlord so far. And it, but, but this is this this article raises way more questions than answers. This is like some seriously like deeply diseased like power relationships in our society being manifest in a way where this guy that did this felt entirely justified. And he recruited two other people unnamed so far two other suspects were involved in this kidnapping uh process this guy wasn't just like fucking superman you know able to just sling one tenant over each shoulder and fucking you know (laughs) manhandle them into the back of a van two other people helped this guy do this and like what the fuck was going through their heads did they think they were going to get away with this and also like you know i'm glad they didn't but like why didn't they kill them like, it, it, like the idea that they, you know, went through the process of kidnapping these people, like b- binding, gagging, putting blindfolds over them, leaving them in the middle of the fucking winter snow to like die. The only reason the, the, uh, they, they survived, I guess, is that the woman was able to um, uh, slip out of her zip tie handcuffs, undo her, her head, uh, you know, fucking pillowcase. Figure yeah, they, out hooded, would- they hooded them. This is like some Abu Ghraib shit. Yeah. This is like totally fucked up. And the idea that not only one person snapped and did this, but three people, three adult human beings, like participated in this kidnapping over past due rent. And, and, like, and they, what they, the fuck? And they seem to, like, I, I'm not saying it's like professional or something, but they like brought them to a second location, right? So they like, they take them out of their, their house, right? Their home, take them out. Uh, you know, zip tied and and gagged and whatever. They bring them to a motel that they that the um that the victims uh, think might have been in Colony, and then from there were driven to a cemetery in Ghent in Columbia County. It's like that's like a thirty five mile drive, right? So like it's it's a long drive southeast of 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 Albany, and it, it's it's just like. I think, Chris, you compared it to like, or maybe it was David, live trapping an animal and then like taking yes. it 10 miles away yes. from your home so it doesn't come back. Yeah. Yeah. It's... This is like a have a heart trap. Like this, the way that these tenants were treated was the way that, you know, upstate New Yorkers who are gardeners would treat, you know, a uh, groundhog or, you know, a possum or something that they had like trapped in their have a heart trap. And they're like, oh, we got to get this guy to a, a new home. And they bring him out like 45 miles out into the woods. And they're like, all right, ha- have a good time. Hope you don't Hope get your wife and kids predators. don't miss you. Yeah. 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 Go, 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 go rent an apartment in, in Croton on Hudson or something. <laughs> yeah. It's so, so I, horrible. horrifying. Like, why would you even do so in a way? It's like, yeah, like th- there's, 
yeah, you could just use the same old uh, uh, violence of the state. Like, let this, like, we build a whole state so you landlords don't have to do this themselves. Like it's it, 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 and <laughs> well, and also yeah, like to go back yeah. to why <laughs> to go back to why didn't he kill them? Like at least if he had killed, okay. And again, I'm very glad that he didn't kill them. Yeah, correct, but if he correct. had killed them, then they wouldn't have been able to tell police my landlord kidnapped me. So I'm just like trying to figure out what the mentality was that made you think that you would get away with this. It's got to be drugs. There's no it's, fucking yeah, way I, yeah. that three sober minds were like, "All right, this is what we're going to do on this Sunday." Like, what do you got? What do you got going on? Oh, I don't know. I was thinking about maybe going out with the wife and kids. Like, you know, maybe going to Thatcher Park. You got to go like, to the grocery uh, store. Go, try to do some, yeah. yeah so do some bird watching. You know, and, and they're like, "Oh, uh, hey, uh, you want to help me uh, kidnap my my tenants? They haven't been paying rent for eight months." And I was thinking, like, I got this gun. I got this van. We could, like, tie them up and, like, bring them to a cemetery in the snow and just, like, dump them. We'll tie them up so they can't, like, get out. They'll probably just, like, die of exposure and no one will know. No one will know it was us. I just feel like getting out, get some exercise. I feel like hog tying some some human <laughs> beings would, like, really, you know, get some, get some good calisthenics. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, That's my God. Really horrifying. So I'm sorry that, like, I'm laughing about this, but it's just like, what the fuck? I mean, what it's really, fuck? like, it's such a bizarre story that it's hard to not, like, laugh. I mean, I'm very, like, you know, I'm very glad the tenants are okay. That's, yeah. um, that must have been just an absolutely terrifying ordeal. But it is such a bizarre fucking story that it it it, it is difficult to not laugh at it. And, and yeah, it's just like, yeah, you and you have to remember, sorry. right, that, like, like we're saying, there is a state that does this. Like with ruthless <laughs> efficiency, and like that, and so like every eviction is the, is more or less this violent. But like instead of yes. like you getting like two of your best buds to like put pillowcases over innocent people's heads and drive them out to a rural cemetery, like you get the sheriff to show up with a gun and like throw all your shit out on the curb and like buy. Like it's the same thing. Humiliate it's, you in front of your yeah, neighborhood. It is, yeah, it's, yeah. It's the yeah. same. It's the same. Thing. It's the same thing. Yeah, but you know, it's just like you know, I'm sure, like out of work renters who are you know waiting on promised two thousand dollar checks are muttering to themselves every morning, like failed fucking state, man, failed fucking state. And you know, the, I never really thought about it, but the landlords are like muttering to themselves, failed fucking state, man. And eventually, these people who are empowered to, you know, use violence to protect the property, the private property that fulfills needs like housing, um, will be emboldened to use the the you know violence them their damn selves, I guess. And in that way, it's like maybe this ending of the eviction moratorium will like prevent like other you know non cop related. Uh, kidnapping scenarios like what the fuck though it's just like i i what is going to happen like what is going to happen like that's the thing that i, I keep uh, coming up against like if these people that are going to be evicted en masse are unable to make rent because of economic situation that we are dealing with en masse like are they all just going to be homeless and like what the fuck does that even look like like millions of people like suddenly becoming homeless yeah like and, all at once and, and you know like, like the um 
remember in like sorry to bother you terry cruz is the la- landlord of um uh of uh lakeith stanfield's character like like mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and like it's his uncle or something and like cat cassius is like doing like at the beginning of the movie is like doing some sort of like really big uh yelling uh like stand up to your landlord sort of thing and and terry cruz's character is just like i like you know i don't have any money i'm your i'm your, I'm your uncle what the hell are you talking about <laughs> and like in that moment you get you just get like this like oh shit even like the person that owns that like you owe rent to isn't even that well off and so then you yeah, you yeah get people bourgeois. yeah and so then you get people who like you know i, I don't i don't know like get like drink a four loco and 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 bump line and like go kidnap you and jump, jump i think it took more than one line but yeah 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 and like, <laughs> and like okay. go dump you in a cemetery like like this shit's gonna keep happening because yeah you're right chris like even the people who own a little bit of property are gonna be like fucking failed state and then they like put on some some gloves and you know go evict you themselves like it's some really like scary shit really this landlord is the victim <laughs> In all of this, and, and, if you think about uh, yeah, it, you if think you think about, about it, it well, really if you, hard, if, yeah. if you if you look in if you look into the comments uh, uh, section, he's a hero according to like all these fucking Facebook chuds. It's like, so are you it's fucking really kidding me? Yeah, oh my, there are people that yeah. Just, like, so friend of this show, Mitch went ahead and yeah. Let, let me see if I can find these for Mitch real quick because these quotes are fucked up. Yeah, and and like yeah, be just be ready for like all of these landlords to show up in. Uh, in elected office for no other reason than to like get their fucking paycheck, like to get their money, to get your money, you know, like that's all. Like that, this is gonna start like happening. Where if it, you know, I, I say start, but maybe that's not even right. But you know, like, 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 like landlords are 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 gonna start like start just taking shit from people in ways that they haven't even already. You know, like it's it's gonna get. It's gonna get real yeah. hairy. It's really it's this is like when I when uh, Kyle Rittenhouse uh, shot those three people, killing two of them uh, at a Black Lives Matter protest. In terms of unarmed, you know, protesters, um, as you know, a child with a gun, and like people immediately rushed to his defense yeah. and said, like, he is a hero, and like he did the thing that we all wish we could, but we're all too cowardly. That's the kind of shit that like really starts like destroying my faith in humanity like just seeing that reaction right yeah and like when this came out you know shout out to friend of the show mitch for posting these comments um the facebook comments to this uh article are like really fucked up like people are calling this dude a hero you know this one taking out the trash emoji um you know just like yeah that that that, that, is so fucked up for every single uh like per for every landlord that actually dumps their uh tenants like in a rural cemetery there are dozens more that are just too coward to do it but absolutely would love to do that to you absolutely yeah, without like, fail if they just like, thought that they could get away with it would absolutely hog tie you and drag you out of your apartment there are tons of people who I would, would do, do it this. with our cat Lucy for sure <laughs> <laughs> Has it, Sorry, hasn't been uh, making making rent payments yeah late for the month she's a real freeloader oh my god yeah i share this guy's frustration us landlords have had enough he is a hero um 
pay your rent so that kind of thing doesn't happen to you. Holy um, shit. That's fair. Don't pay wear a short skirt. There will be no, that way you Yeah, there will get... be no problems. Cry emoji laughing. Cry emoji laughing. <laughs> it's like, good. Pay me. Four exclamation points. <laughs> Fucked up. Fucked up. Um, you know what I suggest to our lovely governor, who I know is a big fan of Ironweed. So, you know, thank you for your patronage and um, keep those homosexual mugs coming. Uh, but please, um, I don't know, create like public housing, like straight up landlords that, um, you know, are not willing to rent to the people that are now going to be evicted in mass, just seize their homes. I don't know, like make them have to uh make the state the landlord i don't know like we we have this i mean the um, state is in a massive budget crisis right now like new york state is flat fucking broke well you know it's a really good investment is rental properties so you know (laughs) 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 jesus no but i mean honestly that is like easy to say but until we socialize the wealth in the state like that's not an option yeah new york just doesn't have any fucking money yeah, ultimately, there's no way out of this outside of um, uh, fucking, what's the word? Uh, when you take stuff from people who don't deserve Redistribution, it. expropriation. Yes, expropriation. We, we need massive expropriation of uh, rent-seeking uh, property. Like, we just, we just do. Like, like, we have a ridiculous inequity in terms of who owns all of the physical shit upon which all of our lives depend. It's only going to keep getting worse. Like, we know the problem is, and this dates all the way back to the rent wars, which we talked about in a very early episode in this podcast, is that, you know, back in the 18, whatever it was, teens or 20s, when the state had this crisis with all these feudal tenant properties, and this was after like a huge economic collapse and, and you know, a lot of like agriculture and industry had moved further west and all yeah, of these feudal say, tenants hey, were found... You could say a widespread rent moratorium, you know, in effect. Right. A rent moratorium that, you know, the Van Rensselaers had allowed their tenants to like, you know, not pay their rents for a little while because it was either that or lose them. And there was nobody around to rent those rent that land anyway. Sounds familiar to me. Um, And New York (laughs) State decided, like, what if we were to use uh, eminent domain and take these properties up and then just rent them to people? as a state landlord and the New York state Supreme court said, you can't do that. You can't expropriate private land for private use. It has to be a public utility like a train. Um, and that precedent lives with us today. Like there's just no legal mechanism for the state to expropriate property from private property owners. It's not considered constitutional, according to the you know United States Constitution. And we, and we we really should think about it, like in the terms of the day where they're like a public use, like a railroad, which is like where a lot of eminent domain was used for, or for a highway, is really just like if the major corporation of the day wants it, then you can use eminent domain, right? Because the two big times yeah. that we ever used. Yeah, yeah, yeah eminent domain were when uh the railroad barons controlled the country and then when general motors controlled the country so like today it'd be like well you know Mm -hmm. if uh uh, amazon needs it for uh you know like a giant server farm then you know we could or 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 facebook you know like that then we can use eminent domain for a public good like facebook yeah (laughs) you know like that's 
that's or like underground tesla yeah like tunnels or something yeah yeah avoiding millions of new homeless people being just thrown onto the streets not a public good uh, is not a public good actually but it is literally written into the constitution that it is not legal to do that yeah private property you know the 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 propertarians uh or they'd call themselves libertarians um (laughs) you know uh, say that all rights are property rights when it really comes down to it well and property rights are the most sacred of all rights and uh you know, the ability for me to own the things that you need to survive and charge you a rent on it is sacrosanct. In fact, it's in, imbued with a holy uh, power. Uh, just as God created earth, uh, I created by purchasing uh, a big chunk of it. And if you want to live, fuck you, pay me. It's in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> that is what Jesus said to the yeah. money lenders. He stood behind the table. A lot of people think he turned over the table. He was he just so excited to get, to get back behind the table. He just <laughs> yeah. accidentally kicks them over. Yeah. But, you know, I bring up all those, like, kind of, like, nitpicky things because I do think that it's really important when we talk about these issues that, like, we have to see them in more, in more, like, vivid relief than just, like, yeah, just the state should just become a housing provider because it's literally written into the very like smallest scale laws of the state and the country that it is not allowed to do that in any meaningful mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. which should lead you all to the conclusion that it's time to go to Home Depot and buy some two by fours. <laughs> and just start building whatever comes to mind. I don't know what use your imagination. Um, yeah. I do we the, have any metal music. forgers in the audience? Anybody really good at forging metal? We just need Can some you, uh, some thin sheets of it that are fairly sturdy. David and I have a <laughs> whetstone so we can handle the sharpening. <laughs> Let's do it. Because we can't we need, count we... on the state to do any of this stuff as it currently exists. There yeah, are just like very, very few legal mechanisms for it to do it on any large scale. And we are facing a catastrophe, the likes of which this country has not seen since the Great Depression. And when the Great Depression happened, we got a new deal because people were going to burn down the government if they didn't. And we're not. And there's nothing like that on the horizon. You know, we literally got the old deal. That's all we got this year. (laughs) It's just like so many old, old deals. And now we're just bombing Syria. And this time it's great because Joe Biden's doing it. Uh, Sorry to like draw too many connections yeah. to, you know, this fucking Albany landlord who kidnapped his tenants, but I guess it's pretty fucked up. The micro is the macro. It's, it's, a, it's like a, a web of Indra. Like every little uh, dew drop contains and reflects the entirety of everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I'm sure people saw this, but like these Biden brain liberals who were like, isn't it nice that our president was able to bomb some bases in a foreign country and it wasn't on the news and we didn't have to we didn't have to hear about it and talk about it like that's just so relieving it's so comforting yeah yeah they really they really said that they really said it sincerely (laughs) sincerely yeah i'm doing the italian like uh like mamma mia hand right now but like it's just like they actually said that what just deeply, a no a no disease. drama bombing like i don't want any drama yeah. while i'm uh, hashtag no drama yeah, while i'm hurling homi- tomahawk <laughs> missiles in, into syria 
uh, to stop Iran, which today, is clearly the most dangerous yeah, country today on the president planet. Biden became the president of the United yeah, States. Yeah. Remember when uh, fucking uh, Trump uh, launched all those uh, missiles and like MSNBC like nutted for the first time yeah. in like three years and they're like, oh, okay, good. He's president now. Oh, the man, empire so, lives on. Yeah. 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 American it, credibility is back on the world stage. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> Which I mean, like, and yeah, you know, everything is, um, like, like, yeah, everything is connected in this sense. Because now I'm also thinking of, like, how we're also putting kids in cages again. And everyone rushes to... to whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry. This isn't kids in cages. Jen Psaki, uh, you know made it very very clear this is transitional uh for, you know detainment um and housing um and uh you know some of these these kids that are in these non-cages they had it really really hard yeah you know yeah. and like sometimes being inside of these non-cages is like the best thing that could have ever happened yes they're being forcefully detained and they have no rights but they've got three squares you know they've got um might be able to play some basketball they have yeah, a blanket. You know, they have a real blanket. Yeah. It's not a space blanket. All provided by a, a, a shadowy Christian organization that we don't <laughs> know who, like, who, like, who, yeah, and you know, everyone and, at the top makes six figures. So it's awesome. I have to be, and I know like people get annoyed with me for this sometimes by showing empathy to our liberal enemies, but I just, I can't help it. It's in my nature. I have to be empathetic to their perspective because like we've been seeing for four years now images from these you know, camps, these these cages, and they have horrendous conditions. And now we're seeing rolled out on the nightly news, these facilities, hopefully you can hear my air quotes, that have, you know, actual like cafeterias and like beds and, you know, and they see that and they feel relief. And I understand that that impulse. The problem is, it's unclear at what point the liberal consensus became that we have to detain asylum seekers. Yeah, right. Like that that is the, that's the um, modus operandi. Like that is the like default decision that we make when people come to this country is that we detain them. Yeah, instead of like- and what, lot you of want people... them to be sex trafficked? <laughs> what, what, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. yeah it, that never happens in these facilities ever. Right, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> and, the, and that's that's the thing, is that, like, it always goes directly to, to trafficking, to, to human trafficking, is like, the, if, if we don't do this, like, the criminal element will get them. And it is the one thing that Stephen Miller and every John from the Obama administration agrees on, is that if you don't do this, something even more mysterious and horrifying will happen. And, it, and that's how you know that, um, that it, it's just like a, a, just some bullshit that people made up to uh, condone their, their genocidal behavior is that they're, they're saying that I'm not actually, uh, um, you know, imprisoning you, I'm protecting you. And I, it, from this thing that I just, so made now up. we know David is pro human trafficking. Yes. I am extremely <laughs> pro human trafficking. Well, just come out exceptional- of that. America is a very exceptional nation. You know, we're a shining uh, castle on the hill. And you know the thing about castles? They got walls. And you know where the exceptionalism comes from? It comes from distinction. How are you going to have an exceptional nation if there's no borders? If it just bleeds seamlessly, you know, into the rest of the world? You don't even really have a nation at all. And so, you know... And we're not going to have a country. We're not going to have a country, Yeah, you know, we're 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 the best uh, country in the world, 
And the only way we can maintain that status is by uh, jailing anybody who wants to come here to survive uh, uh, otherwise very scary existence in another country. Put them in, put them in prison, especially the kids. Gotta keep those kids in prison. Because we do such a such you an excellent the- job with American kids in the uh, in like the health and human services system that you know we keep them out of harm's way all yeah, the time. Yeah, they're thriving. Yeah. So you know we should, we might as well extend that to you know like children coming in from like you know like Honduras and and Nicaragua. Because we we do such a good job. You know, with there's our this kids. and there's this narrative of these unaccompanied minors who have to be detained for their own safety. And I just want to know. What seven-year-old is managing to make it from Honduras to the border on their own? And can we harness these children to be future super soldiers that we can then deploy <laughs> to their own home countries to? Because, like, a child cannot travel. Now you're thinking travel. like an exceptional nation. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Right. A child, like, this this whole narrative is all very suspect to me from from Go because, like, Children do not travel hundreds of miles on their own to get to places, which means that they are arriving here with adults and you are taking them away from those adults purely on the basis that they don't have a direct familial relationship to them. Provable. Which is also a very Western centric idea, right? That like you are, I, yes. you are a, either a, a child's mother or father or stranger. And thus we must like yep. extract that child options. from your care. Let's do some fucking good news, man. Yeah. Hit me with that good shit. Yeah, so this is a... Um, a so our, our wildflower for today is... Um, uh, is good, but we're also... Um, we're we're going to get into some of the, the... How some of the flowers might be a little wilted. So... Um, the Calif- As with so many of our wildflowers, we will qualify it <laughs> yes. to some extent yes. because it, everything, all all good news in this fucked up world that we live in, is is a, a mixed bag, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, a bit of one of those monkey paw situations. Yeah, yeah. So Illinois becomes a first state to completely eliminate cash bail. So cash bail is Woo-hoo! is yeah, cash bail is terrible. It's essentially you know like if you. Uh, or, you know, maybe, you know, your kid needs diapers or some baby formula and you don't have any money. So you steal it from Walmart and, uh, and someone catches you and, uh, and, and, and you get arrested and essentially they're like, uh, give us $10,000, um, or you'll have to stay in jail until we actually, uh, accuse you, uh, um, legally of get a Get around to it. Right. Yeah. Uh, and like, of course, you don't have ten thousand dollars because yeah, pre-trial detainment. Yeah, yeah. You, this so you, you obviously you don't have this ten thousand dollars for pre-trial to, uh, to avoid pre-trial detainment. Um, then and so then you become uh, one of seventy percent of the U.S. jail population who is uh, in jail because of uh, they can't afford Jesus bail. Jesus Christ! And and you are in there for pre-trial detainment. So you are not haven't even been charged with a crime. You are yet. not charged with or a con- crime, or rather convicted. Yeah, you convicted. haven't been convicted of a crime. Yeah, you're not convicted of a crime. You're just in jail because you can't afford uh, the median felony bail amount, which is ten thousand dollars. Which is, but a- you do have a right to a speedy trial. So you're really only going to be there for a couple of days. Yeah, uh, except Years. you're not. Yeah, people- I'm just kidding. No, you're going to be there for yeah. months, probably. Yeah, especially, and this is from a oh, a, a, New, a New York Times article that um, about the uh, the same topic that they uh, make a reference to um, a, a particularly heinous uh, case 
uh, it was in New York where um, uh, this, uh, this guy, uh, Khalif uh, Broder, uh, was 16 and he stole a backpack, could not afford the $3,000 bail. He was accused of stealing yeah. a backpack. Yeah, accused of, sorry, yeah, accused of stealing a backpack. Like, n- never convicted. Uh, yeah. Spent three years at Rikers Island uh, before they finally uh, released him. Uh, and, um, and then he, he uh, unfortunately um, took his own life uh, because living three years in Rikers Island will uh, do that to you. As a child. As a child. He was a child, a child when he went there. Yeah. So, so, so what? A ch- accused of stealing a backpack. Yeah. So, so the, uh, the, uh, this Illinois law will eliminate cash bail. And now the part that is um, frustrating is that now it is basically left up to the, 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 the judge as to whether you should be detained pre-trial. Right. So yeah, they use this risk assessment system. Yeah, which um, which was removed. Uh, California considered the same thing, but um, but this risk assess, but the the risk assessment tool that they were considering was considered to be just as bad. So they they didn't do it, um, or it essentially failed um, uh, because like it, no, they lost like the people that would be um, uh, uh, cheering it on, right, or supporting it were like this isn't as good. And so no one really had, uh, it wasn't supported by anyone and, and it didn't pass. Uh, um, but Illinois, it did, you know, it's it, now it just be, it just underscores how important people who become judges are. Yeah. It's the, it's all about the court system at the end of the day. Like the courts hold all the power in our criminal justice system. So you basically just have to hope that you have more good judges than bad judges who will make non-racist, non-classist risk assessments um, when deciding to release people from detention before trial. But, you know, the other thing about this bill that's a little bit suspicious, so this is um, Illinois House Bill 33653, which also includes uh, (laughs) all of our favorites, investing in officer training, give the cops more money. Check. Requiring the use of body-worn cameras by police departments statewide. We already know that when police wear cameras, uh, complaints against cops go down. And it's not because they do Um, less bad things. And it's not because they do less bad things. Um, Diverting low-level drug drug crimes into substance use programs and treatments. Uh, If you are a Patreon subscriber... You may remember our recent episode on the uh, work rehab programs. So depending on how, you know, hard-nosed Illinois is about enforcing the legitimacy of these substance use programs and treatments, like that can also throw up some red flags about like what kind of programs are people actually going to be sent to in terms of avoiding prison sentences. So... There are some things to definitely keep an eye on with this bill. I do think it's a really important first step. Um, I think releasing the cash, I think uh, replacing the cash bail system with really almost anything at this point is progress because it is so incredibly unjust and damaging to people. But I think it'll be something to keep a very close eye on in terms of actual outcomes. And I'm particularly concerned about diverting, you know, so-called low-level drug crimes into um, often private, unregulated substance abuse programs. 
Yep, yep, yep. So good yep. news, everyone. <laughs> hey, hey, you, you, you want some unmitigated good? What's <laughs> unmitigated good news? The that's not it, it, the Pro Act, the the um, Comprehensive Labor Reform Act. Um, it got a number in the Senate, and it's Senate Bill Four Twenty. So there you Woo! go. There's something else. Nice. That's nice. that's just a fun one. Uh, nice. And uh, some other uh, quick good news. Um, the MRTA or the Marijuana Reform and Taxation Act, the which is the House bill for legalization of pot, um, has uh, gotten its first uh, hearing over Zoom. I was tuning into that before we started recording today, and weirdly enough. Um, two industry uh, advocacy uh, uh, organizations and a prohibition advocacy uh, organization all prefer it to the governor's bill, which does not allow for home grow, increases, weirdly, <laughs> penalties for some pot crimes, and uh, ultimately is a big giveaway to like the, you know, big pot and in in square quotes there uh the developing yeah. large uh you know multi-billion dollar uh capitalist initiative of a small group of uh producers and distributors so hopefully the mrta will get um popular support within the um the state legislature and um hopefully it'll pass because um being able to get uh to stop criminalizing all pot activity is a, you know, in my opinion, a human rights issue and something that New York is lagging behind the rest of the country. Um, and also, did you guys see that there was a federal legislation uh, put forth uh, for legalization as well? No. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if it'll go anywhere, though. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. But more on that later. We'll see. Yeah. We'll keep an eye out for it. Yeah. Strangely enough, right, this, cool. this state bill uh, is not numbered 420. No, no, <laughs> that's a bummer. It's a real bummer. Yeah, r- real missed opportunity. Though. Yeah, and Cuomo's already signed his four hundred and twentieth executive uh, order, so we missed the boat on that one too. Finally, just nice. big thanks to whoever shared this document with Chris. Uh, Lights <laughs> against the peoples: a declaration of a new democratic. What's the rest republic. of the title? I can't. A new democratic republic. This is. If you if you're a listener and you wrote this, you got to write. You got to get in touch. Ironweedspot at gmail.com. Please let us fucking know, because this document is really something to behold. Um, Chris, have uh, you read the whole yeah, thing? Yeah, so not not the whole thing. I got I got about halfway through it and was like, ah, you know, I, I'm interested in the source, though. So listeners, I had this document randomly show up in my Google Docs and Google Docs is like, it's pretty great, right? It's free. Um, it allows for, you know, collaborative uh, writing in, uh, in real time. It stores it, you know, on the cloud, so it's accessible from everything. But there's, like, some serious limitations in terms of, like, you know, trying to figure out, like, what and when and where and who created something. So suddenly this document just appears being shared with me, and it's a 19-page, like, manifesto screed, uh, apparently uh, accepted by a 3-3 majority of the Vanguard party, who I'm very eager to meet. Um, and it's got a flag. I did a reverse Google image search on the flag, no hits. So we're talking some serious OC here. Um, yeah. And uh, I'd love to help you, uh, you know, w- edit it. some finer points on it. So yeah. reach out if you're uh, one of the Cy- Cyrus Khan uh, majority. Yeah, Cyrus Khan. It's, written, it's, it's, uh, 
It is posted by Cyrus Khan. We have no contact information for anyone related to this document. And we just want to know where it came from. Like the yeah. every paragraph is justified different. You got left justifi- <laughs> justified, right justified, center justified. Page numbers all over the place. If you, the listener, <laughs> want to see this document, please let us know. We're happy to share it with you. DM us or yeah. email us. We'll I mean, send you a link to it. But um, the following documents have been officially recognized in a 3-3 majority to be chronicled principles of the Vanguard Party. You know, I always had this, like, deep-seated fear that I would miss out on the creation of the Vanguard Party. But... And yeah. all those are now all those fears are coming to fruition, like all of it. Like there are three people have already started this <laughs> Vanguard party and I wasn't even asked. I wasn't even I, it, they they put Chris on the document. They didn't even bother with me. <laughs> well, now you're in it. But I, he's but an I anarchist. Why are so, we letting know, him not... on the Vanguard party? <laughs> uh, anyway. All right. So Cyrus Khan, right. write in. Yeah. Write to us, Cyrus. We want to hear from you. Yeah. Or, or you could tweet to us. Yeah, you could tweet to us. Uh, I think you can find us on Twitter. Ironweeds Pod. Shoot us a DM on Instagram, why don't you? Yeah, Ironweeds Pod. And uh, as always, please send us your emails. We love to hear from you at ironweedspod. At, at gmail.com. <laughs> Thank you so much. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Peace.